0: This is the GPO Podcast, sponsored by Jerry Peters and First Class Mortgage. Our expertise, your peace of mind. Visit us at firstclassmortgage.com. Now, here's Jupe and Vigo. Good evening and welcome to the GPL Podcast, episode number 171. Well, we've got two of our favorite guests back on the show tonight. Haven't had either of them on all season, uh, mostly because I've been lazy and we had a ton of guests earlier this year. But we've got Drew Cove and we've got Nate Wells from way out on the East Coast. He's, he seemed, We never see him anymore, but he's definitely on Twitter. Drew, how are you doing first?
1: Doing pretty good. A great
0: Wednesday night. It is. It's a big hype night in high school hockey as well. So uh Oh yeah. And then Nate, you were in Penn State last
2: weekend. I was. Oh, it's good it's good to hear your voices, everyone. It's good well, to hear it. Well it's
0: good to have you on. We'll have plenty of bantering back and forth. But uh, you know well, Viggs, I know you're there. Uh one point on the weekend. I think they deserved a little better than that, but uh if anything's encouraging, they didn't get killed each night. Well, in college hockey, you definitely
3: get what you deserve every weekend. <laughs> True. And I don't know if they deserved more than a point. They played well enough where they could have gotten more. Mm-hmm. And I thought, actually, they played better on Saturday than they did on Friday. And that's just the way things work out sometimes. You know, you got to play well at the right times and you got to get scoring at the right times. And I think that was a tough weekend for. Go for fans of stomach because they've had so many whores in happy valley uh but one point is what they ended up with and it might
0: be enough for them down the stretch here but we'll see well well nate you were there you made the trip across pennsylvania was it a bus trip or a drive uh we drove Mm, there you go how was happy valley
2: how was wait what Go ahead, Viggs. You were about to ask him something. I was about
3: to say no megabus stories from this trip. (laughs) No,
2: no megabus. I did take the Greyhound up to uh, Albany a couple weeks ago, though. The Greyhound, Uh, just because it was easier. It was easier, and it was uh, ended up being cheaper than driving.
3: Uh, We only (laughs) (laughs) have one car here, so. Every time a megabus story comes up, my wife goes, "Do you think Nate Wells
0: was on that bus?" (laughs) 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 Oh, the megabus. Well, well, tell us about
2: the, how was the weekend there, Nate? You were there. We, um, I mean, I enjoyed the weekend. It was great to see uh, Minnesota live in person for the first time this year. It feels mm. really weird. Uh, good to see a uh, good friend, uh, Frank Wally, uh, Jess Myers, uh, Brian Deutsch. By the way, none of you guys told me Brian Deutsch has been growing a beard all season. What the heck?
0: We're, we try to avoid, avoid Deutschy because he he's mean to us.
2: Yeah, yeah that's, <laughs> uh, that's,
0: that's that's fair. Um but,
2: um, well, I, I should say I, I, he's I, mean to me. He's mean to me. Bingo. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. <laughs> That's like, I, mean, I mean, he's your best listener, so I'm sure, uh, I'm, sure so. I'm sure, I'm sure we will to we all hear something about this. But, um, it, it was, it was good to see Minnesota. I was really curious. Um, and obviously I've been following along as the, uh, the, the entire season, um, watching the games, um, listening to you guys, um, following up, catching up with um Bob's uh coaching show and media availabilities and it it's been certainly like a roller coaster ride to follow this team and part of it just felt like even watching them this week and was kind of a bit of uh in a small little version of what the season was. They started really horribly Friday. Um I had a note by the end of the period where I was like Tyler Nanny got a shot on goal and at this point that's a uh that's an accomplishment. They're outshot, uh, 5 <laughs> It was like 16-3 with about two minutes left. Um, really? and then they slowly worked their way. They got better. They got better towards the second and the third. Uh, I thought they played their best two periods in Saturday for the first two periods before, uh, they were able to hold on and kind of seems like one of the, uh, the themes of, uh, the Gophers playing Penn State just over the last few years, uh, either at, uh, at Pegula or at Mariucci, is just uh, when they give up one goal, it's very easy for them to give up a second or a third and just kind of get themselves in the hole after working themselves to get to that point for so long. And that was the case both times uh, this weekend, And where Saturday they lost, they gave up two goals on the same shift in 30 seconds. Uh, Friday, they gave up uh, one goal. They almost gave up a second. Uh, Penn State celebrated it. It didn't happen. And then uh, they gave up uh, the tying goal, like two, two and a half minutes after uh, getting ahead.
0: And, and because of all this drew um, Minnesota ends up with one point and now they no longer control their own destiny when it comes to the regular season title in the big 10.
1: Yeah. Some, I mean, it, it, if we were in this situation two months ago, everyone would have been saying what, it just, it doesn't make, it didn't make any sense <laughs> then. And it. It's kind of been an amazing run, but yeah, it's, um, I was saying a few weeks ago that I just felt like this is going to be the, this past weekend was going to be that toughest, their toughest test of the season, just because Michigan State had kind of faltered a little bit, especially down the stretch when Minnesota was getting good, same with Notre Dame, Um, and Penn State was kind of continuing that offensive uh, penchant that they've been known for the last few years, and the Gophers have always struggled in Penn State for some reason, and that's uh, who knows if that can just be that Penn state's really good or a combination of Penn state's really good and the fans, or I don't know, they ruined college hockey, something like that. I don't <laughs> know. But, uh, it's, it, it was kind of tough to see, especially when they played like the I totally agree with you that they played way better Saturday than they did. And especially when they, than the way they came out on Friday, um, but getting out to that lead and then just not being able to get, and it was that minute and a half stretch where they gave up those two goals and they couldn't really recover. And that was just uh, disappointing to see after they had really turned things around, at least I think in the first period and a half or so on Saturday, to kind of maybe go in and steal more than just a point. And yeah, the point is really disappointing, especially coming into this weekend where um, home ice kind of is on the line at this point, where they, I, I'm looking like projecting them to finish third in the, in the end. But mm. um, I don't know. It's it's still home ice, but uh, it's nothing close to what we could have thought a couple of weeks ago.
0: Uh, well, well, the Achilles heel of this team, Viggs, is continuing to be the power play and, to another point, the penalty kill. But um, one of the strangest things that I have seen recently, um, an entire game through overtime and even a bonus three-on-three, three, not a single penalty called on either team Friday night, uh, that has got to be very rare for Minnesota, at least. Well,
3: and I think that's just a symptom of the problem with Minnesota's game on Fridays. they just didn't possess the puck very long. And when you don't control the puck and you don't have a lot of time in the offensive zone, you're not going to draw penalties. And it seemed like a lot of the times on Friday night, Minnesota was just happy to sit back and go back on defense. And it wasn't kind of one of those weekends where they got completely dominated in their own end. It's just they spent a lot of time in there, and they didn't take advantage of opportunities when they did have the puck. And it was a little surprising to me. I don't think they gave up a lot of grade A-type chances on Friday night, and that's why they kind of hung in there until the end and had a chance to win the game. But the fact that they didn't have the puck on their stick for most of the night is probably what killed them in the end and and probably killed them on Saturday too because when you're chasing the puck all weekend – you're going to get tired. Or you're going to get fatigued. And that looked like a team that just didn't have enough steam in the tank and didn't have enough depth to pull out those wins when they had leads in the third period.
0: Now, I know, Nate, in the past when Minnesota has gone to uh, Penn State that the the stat the shot stats are a little skeptical. Um, I would honestly say that uh, the stats are probably a little more accurate this time than it has been in the past. They're getting better at their job there. But, uh, you know, even, what was it? close to 60 shots or whatever it may be and you don't count the stats of the 3 on 3 but uh, there was a lot of rubber thrown on La Fontaine Friday night
2: there was and it kind of felt like a little bit I, I agree with you that they're getting better with the uh with, with the shots and even if you look at the uh, the difference between home and away it's 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 a couple shots it's pretty much within the a normal range um but yeah especially on Friday it felt like Minnesota Told themselves, we are not going to get beat. We're not going to be, get beat long. We're not going to get beat with these cross-eyed pass, passes that uh, killed uh, the Gophers in the uh, November series of Mariucci. And they put all the effort into and not, into just making sure that they were going to get up these great eight chances, and they did. They did a fantastic job with that. But yeah, it kind of there wasn't there wasn't too much uh, out out of that. Um, after, but it just pretty much ended up being kind of a little bit old school Penn state where a lot of those opportunities that they're trying to do, they're just throwing pucks from everywhere. Um, look at the shot charts. It's a lot of them from the outside, a lot of block shots from Minnesota. They did a great job blocking, um, Saturday in the first, uh, two periods. Um, and the few chances that uh, Penn state got in the Friday game and it was pretty much all created by, uh, one line. Um, the, was Nate Susie, Brandon Biro and, uh, Arnie Talvati. Um, they were able to uh, convert on them.
0: Well, it's, um, it, it was just disappointing for me. I thought they had a little better chance, and, you know, especially after so many shots Friday night and they were, and they made it to overtime, Drew. I thought maybe they'd catch a break here. See, they got through both overtimes and, and they lost the extra point, but, uh, um, I, I you know, it, it's disappointing, but, uh, Jeez, Drew, it's not as bad as I thought it would be. I mean, you know, it's just been such a house of horrors. And even though they didn't do as well as we wanted to this past weekend, jeez, they didn't get their ass kicked at least.
1: Yeah, no, and it's kind of weird that they're kind of the fan base is kind of getting used to regularly winning again after those (laughs) few drubbings in the first half. I don't know. it's It's been quite a run, obviously, like. I know Nate talked about it in his bracketology this week. Two hottest teams in college hockey are both Minnesota and, and Michigan State. But, um, yeah, with the Gophers this weekend, it's just Friday really sunk them. I thought they were really trying to make too many fancy plays to get around that aggressive forecheck. And just the simple plays that they needed to make weren't, they were not there, but they just didn't take them. And I think I just noticed it a lot with Jackson LaCombe's game that, he would try and do, obviously he's a very more offensively and kind of, uh, he's got the hands to do it most of the time, but he just, he just seemed like he was trying to do too much and it wasn't really working and they didn't really revert to going to those simpler plays that could just, just dink and dunk the puck down the, down the rink and, and get it and just kind of try do do your best to just eat away at try, at their possession and just try and get a little bit to where you could get it, and I don't think that that really worked on Friday. Saturday worked a little bit better, but um, yeah, just a disappointing night from uh, being able to, uh, I guess, try and come back on Penn State's really, really aggressive forecheck that just was that worked to a T, and they did a great job at it, and that's something that Minnesota doesn't really want to run into them again in the rest of the season, especially uh, Big Ten tournament-wise, because that's, uh, I don't know, Um, how much they can get around that because I feel like they did play better Saturday, but uh, it still uh, didn't end the way that they wanted.
0: And all the while now uh, Minnesota's tied with Ohio State, and now we need help yet again from uh, Wisconsin this weekend, Viggs. And, uh, you know, it turns out the way that the tiebreakers go, it's not head-to-head first, it's total wins. And if, you know, if Minnesota and Ohio State end up tied this weekend – you know, Even if it's first or second, Ohio State will go above Minnesota for the playoffs. Yeah, and it kind of pays off to win in regulation in the Big Ten. And
3: Minnesota's had a hard time doing that. Sometimes when they've been off, uh, they've been able to pull off these extra points would have put them in position to win the conference title. But uh, that luck has run out after only getting one point in Penn State. And it's not the tiebreaker I would pick, but I guess in a seven-team league, it's probably the way to do it.
0: How do you two feel about it, Nate? But th- I mean, I kind of like head-to-head. I think
2: that should always be the first one. But the league went a different direction. I'm I'm okay with I'm okay with it being regulation wins. I think Vig's kind of hit the nail on the head just with the seventeen league. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, everyone plays one another, so you don't have the issue where um, you only play each other twice and maybe in one barn. But I mean, I'm I'm okay with it. I think at the end of the day, Minnesota's uh, been it took advantage of uh, of it in the past. They probably I think especially after just kind of seeing the last few weekends, um, you're, you, you know what you know what the Gophers are. It's probably the most fair mm-hmm. um, the fair way to kind of come up with it uh, and come up with a uh, tiebreaker for uh, the Gophers, especially just after seeing them against Penn State, Notre Dame on the road.
0: <laughs> and drew this uh makes uh, Minnesota fans uh of uh Wisconsin for the third weekend in a row.
1: Yeah, it's uh, I mean in my projections no offense to Wisconsin but uh I I don't I don't see them winning
0: uh
1: <laughs> one game in, in the end. So um I don't know. It, yeah, if you're a Gopher fan sure uh it, do your best to root for the Red if, uh, if if that's even possible with your bloodlines. I don't know, but uh um yeah, I think it is pretty tough, and the regulation wins. I think, yeah, I agree with Nate. It makes makes a lot of sense. I think if you can be more dominant dominant and win without having to go to extra, with it, go go to extra time. I think it just makes kind of indicative that you're probably a better team than most of your opponents. And uh, uh, I think that would make sense for the, I guess, the bulk of Ohio State' season is that they had a more consistent season than than Minnesota did, even though they got hot at the end. But uh, um, yeah, they could finish anywhere. If, yeah, it looks like if the if the Gophers, uh, if if it goes Ohio State twice, twice over Wisconsin, and then uh, uh, Michigan State and Notre Dame split, and then Minnesota somehow sweeps Michigan, that's when they can finish second. But uh, uh, if the Gophers split in that same scenario, it'll be uh, a third place finish, mm-hmm. but still home ice, so um, not a lot. Uh, I don't think the the, top of the very top of the conference is really within uh, too much, uh, I guess, realistic reach. But uh, I think home ice is, def- is, a, is a very likely possibility.
0: All right. Well, we've got some you – know, I want to talk about this, the specialty teams. And uh, I know Vig wants to get into uh, next season's ticket prices. But before we get into all that, let's hear from our sponsor. There has never been a better time to buy or refinance. So call Jerry Peters a First Class Mortgage in Maple Grove for all your mortgage needs. Interest rates are at near all-time lows and property values are on the rise. Lower your interest rate and remove monthly PMI at the same time to save thousands of dollars. Or, you know, you could use the equity in your home for debt consolidation or home improvements. The spring housing market is going to be hot, so make sure you're prepared by getting a pre-approved letter from Jerry Peters before you start shopping. Mention you heard about him on the GPL podcast and receive a $300 closing credit some restrictions do apply. Call Jerry at 612-940-3291 or visit firstclassmortgage.com to fill out a free application. Jerry's NMLS number is 480200. First Class Mortgage's NMLS number is 322 This is not an offer to lock in an interest rate agreement under Minnesota law. First Class Mortgage is an equal housing lender. All right. Well, thanks, Jerry. And, uh, of course, now it's time for our, well, pit bull count. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Vieja, yeah, yeah, yeah. Vieja, okay, Nate, I, I, I can never remember. How did that start? <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh, it, it started... I want to say it was 2011. <laughs> um, the The Wild had like a, both played it a lot during their games. And then there was a Bud Light ad where they do like two 15 second ones. So it would just keep showing up over and over and over. And this is like, this is the Wild kind of like pre preezy suitor So there was mm-hmm, just, mm-hmm. Uh, there really wasn't much to go on. I just kind of made it as a running gag of, oh, the, here's the pit bull count. Cause you kept seeing them. They kept playing the song, and, and Timber and, is what well, Timber like, get to like. Yeah, Timber was 10 or a lot, or something crazy. Yeah, um, and <laughs> yeah, it's one of those. It was one of those things where a lot of Pitbull just gets played at college rinks, kind of during that same time. So I would just kind of continue that uh, as well, and it keeps going. By the way, I have to say this though. On a related note, I've been to a lot of uh, rinks out east this year. I've not seen little chippers in person once either. Oh what? boy. So so I know. At least people are tweeting you man. Yes, I do appreciate that. That is awesome. By the that that one that one you guys were, you guys were all in on to kind of that creation too.
0: <laughs> yeah, the little chippers thing is great. You know, you, you get tweeted at from all over the country now it seems like and obviously the pitbull count I think it, it's starting to go away, but you know, I also don't think it helped when uh, a certain person at Mariachi named Devin uh, would queue it up just for you. It, prob- it probably didn't. <laughs> so right before we went on the air, we, we, I kind of went through a couple stats of the power play Vigs. And uh, well, let, let, let's just start with the overall, the power play is at 15.5% overall for the season, 11.6%, 11.6% in the Big Ten, and overall they are ranked 45th in the country. And the, and then you look at total special teams, you know, penalty kill and power play. They're 50th out of 60 in the country. Viggs, uh, I I think, you know, with this, you know, this, this resurgence of the team has been great, but uh, uh, this power play is still killing us.
3: Yeah, and I'm kind of shocked to see what the prod, product is on the ice. Bob Motsko known as a guy who creates offense he's an innovator offensively he's had a history of a lot of good power plays last year when he moved tommy novak to the point the power play just took off you know he unleashed tyler Sheehy on that off wing they created some things for ram pitlick brandon McManus took advantage of all the traffic around the net to put back uh, you know the trash for easy goals and this year that first unit which gets the first chance the majority of nights just does not consistently get pucks to the net. And they've tried a couple different things at the point, and Robbie Stucker's probably done the best job of all the point men they've tried with that unit at getting pucks to the net and creating that chaos. But that group just does not play very dynamic hockey, and it's pretty easy for the other teams, I think, to defend it with their penalty kill. And then on top of it, when you put them out there against a veteran team like Penn State, They made it really hard for Minnesota to gain the zone. And those are probably the worst entries we've seen out of the Gopher Power Plays this season. I think the only team that defended it better was probably North Dakota. And North Dakota is a very aggressive kill, and that gave them lots of problems. I think Penn State was also very aggressive in the neutral zone, and that created a lot of problems for the Gophers. Not sure what the answer is with so little time left in the season, but it's definitely been a disappointing piece of this program.
0: Um Drew we got Frozen four Champs in the mixler chat saying I need to move Ranta up to the first unit. Um he's a good puck controller. Um you think that's a good move?
1: I mean, I I'd, yeah, I'd, I'd be interested to see how that would work because I mean, he's his game is such a solely I have the puck focus <laughs> on me type of game and I think it would be it it might work if he's trying to draw people off the guys I guess probably right at the net but um, I, I don't know how much that movement would really go with, uh, kind of keeping the point set, but, um, I don't know. I, I think the zone entry, like, like Vee said, is just, yeah, the zone entries were just abysmal and it, just getting past that, that neutral zone presence for Penn State was really tough, especially when they did a lot of drop back passes and they just didn't really work to get in. And, uh, it just, it, it really needs to, to, to make sense simply to get in and to have to, I guess, possess it right from the point down to the half wall, but just to keep it in the zone for a little bit and get set. And I think then they can do some damage because they've, they've been able to move and they've been able to uh, get some pucks in, but it's just a matter of getting it established. And I think, and uh, who knows Ranta could be the solution to that because he is a, just a possession monster. He's the, I think he's the, if he's probably the most uh, individually offensively skilled person on the team, maybe with uh, with Sammy Walker as as, as kind of a, a co counterpart there, but, He's just so dominant when he has the puck at even strength, and he makes his all his line mates better. And it's amazing too that they found a freshman that can make him better in Ben Myers. But um, I, I think that could be a potential solution. But uh, I guess we'll 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 see if 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 he gets moved up at all, and for how offensively skilled he is, even strength, it, it wouldn't be. It, I think it'd be worth a shot.
0: And, and Nate, you actually witnessed uh, this thing called a power play goal this past weekend by the Gophers. <laughs>
2: Power play? <laughs> <laughs> I almost forgot what it was after Friday's game. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I do
0: believe that isn't didn't McLaughlin kind of clean up a a rebound and get an actual power play goal? My my brain brain's a little fuzzy. I'm not used to seeing that.
2: No, 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 no they didn't get one. Really? No, they went I, up for three on Saturday. Really? Gosh, why did I think that McLaughlin glows? Um. I I did think something yeah, it looked like just thinking about um trying to tinker and figure out the lines. It, it one of the things that reminded me though was um something uh Bob mentioned after Saturday's game and like we noticed right away was uh he he basically split up the top six into three lines and kinda of was trying to uh get away from um and trying to even out the his uh, his 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 line just because Penn State scored all three of their goals on Friday against uh, the bottom six, so he ended up splitting to Brodzinski up with uh, McLaughlin and Walker. Um, uh, Ranta was with uh, Reedy and uh, Jack Perbix. Um, ben Myers was with Nathan Burke and McManus. I thought I was actually surprised to kind of see that Nathan Burke uh, um, struggling for so long the season. Actually, I thought he was pretty rewarded with a good weekend. Uh, yeah.
0: Burke did play well, and Jess has reminded me, yeah, that was against Notre Dame because I mixed up my weekends. Yeah. I'm, I'm mixing. up. Uh, yeah. but, but, but Viggs, you know, McLaughlin did almost get the Gophers' first shorthanded goal of the season if it wasn't for a nice little slash.
3: Yeah, I think McLaughlin's having a nice, you know, second half of the Gophers. He's been engaged most nights, and I think that's when he plays his best hockey. You know, he can be an intense four-checker. I think he gets energized by trash-talking and chirping the other team a little bit.
0: <laughs> he does. He
3: gets engaged in those battles. It really makes him a better player, and I think when you pair him with a player like Sammy Walker, those two can feed off each other. I think on the power play, you know, Bob wants to keep those two together as much as he can out there. You know, They play on the same line. He'd like to get them on the power play. Uh, Walker is usually pretty good as the drop pass guy because he's got so much speed. If they can keep, you know, the penalty kill flat footed, he should be able to gain the offensive zone. He just wasn't able to against Penn state. Uh, And then that second unit, they rely heavily on sample Ranta to gain the blue line as the drop pass guy because he's such a strong skater. If he's got room to gain the blue line, he's going to deliver, you know, it's just, what's the next option. What are the escape options for those guys once they gain the offensive zone? But I just think when they get going, you know, that unit needs to be a little bit more dynamic and create some chaos to get teams out of their structure. And we just haven't seen that very consistently. I know in junior sample Ranta was that off wing player and scored a ton of goals with his shot. One timers um, coming free as that late guy. And he just has not gotten that opportunity at Minnesota you know, maybe if he stays another year, that's something he can add to his game. They seem pretty intent on keeping him by the net, and um, maybe not the best fit,
0: but we'll see. They haven't done a lot of variety this year. And now, Visa. One thing that Nate brought up was uh, Mister Burke, who you and I had been kind of down on for about the past month and a half. Uh, he had been struggling, but he had a good weekend last weekend. Yeah,
3: I thought his game Friday night was really impressive. I thought he played as well as anybody among the forward group. He was engaged. He was making good decisions, and he was being physical. And I think that's kind of an element he needs to bring to the rink every night to be effective. You know, Last year he got the luxury of playing with Walker and McLaughlin. Well, when you're not playing with those two, got to try to create some other space. And I think he did that on Friday night. I think he got a little bit more ice time on Saturday. And if that's the player they're going to get going forward, it's going to be a a benefit to the program.
0: Definitely. So we've got a couple questions on Twitter people sent in. Uh, uh, Let me see here. (laughs) Well, the one most recently, um, aside from uh, PSU, who is our worst matchup in the Big Ten tourney? And that's from Josh. Uh, Drew, I'll throw that one at you. Who's, Who's the worst matchup in the Big Ten tourney for Minnesota?
1: Yeah, see, I, I don't. I there are a few that I feel would be in the same kind of tier, but I definitely feel like Penn State would be the far and away kind of toughest test. But mm-hmm. um, I think Ohio State would probably be it for me because they got they got Tommy Napier on a on a bad weekend coming off of the injury there. Um, I think he'll be I think he'll be back to that form that he was at the start of the season if the Gophers faced him again, especially because he's been playing since then. But um, they're just probably the neck the more complete team uh, uh, around besides Penn State um, because uh, Gophers were able to um, kind of make 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 some good out of uh, playing Notre Dame lately. But uh, um, I think Ohio State would probably be that next toughest test. Uh,
0: another question on, on Twitter from Gopher Hockey Fan. We'll throw this one at you, Nate. Um, looking at the pair-wise right now, it looks like the Gophers would make the NCAA tournament. Uh, do you think they need to run the table and win? And, and uh, win the Big Ten tournament to get in, because you know they they kind of, they're right on the border right now. I mean that's just not a good place to be.
2: They are, but also the fact that they're on the border is nothing short of amazing. They were they were thirty seventh entering the Mariucci Classic, yeah. And if if, if they end up making the tournament and at large, there's really only I can only come up with about one other example uh, of a team that's done that, um, in the last about ten years or so, um. They they need to keep winning. The good news is that um, unless they face Wisconsin, um, pretty much every team that they're going to face will kind um, will at least kind of help cushion the fall. <laughs> but they probably need to. This weekend's a really interesting series because Michigan's nineteenth or nineteenth or twentieth in the pairwise, um, and if they sweep and they and they did it two years uh, two years ago to get into uh uh to build themselves into contention um. A team. If either team sweeps, uh, they're putting themselves in a really good position to get uh, being at large. I think Minnesota, though, I don't think they need to win. But if they don't win, uh, if, if if they don't sweep this weekend, they're going to need at least to win uh, the first round series. Oh boy! <laughs> and even then, even then, you're still kind of uh, you're you're hoping on other people to uh, help you out. And I mean. Yeah, Minnesota has uh, has had a lot of luck with that lately. Yeah, looking went, at
3: college hockey ranked, if they split this weekend, they're most likely going to fall the 16th in their pairwise. That's not
0: a good spot to be going into the tournament. <laughs> yeah. Mm. So, so they, they they would have to win out probably then when they bees. If they if they split this weekend, yeah. Yeah,
3: they're gonna to have to win out yeah. to to put themselves in a safe spot. Just because you know the first round, I don't think would help them too much, and a loss in the semis would probably still hurt them. So, and even that first round, if they went two or three, that would probably hurt them as well.
2: Yeah, I'm I'm with you. I think if they it, it's gonna be if they lose if they lose one of them uh, this weekend, it's they pretty much have to make the championship game.
3: Yeah, I think Bob's focus is on making sure they win the series with Michigan this weekend so that they can finish as high as they can and get home ice in the Big Ten playoffs. I think that's you know the best focus for him. You know, He had an interesting quote this week where he's had a lot of teams that they get caught up in regular season championships, they get caught up in senior night, you know, they get caught up in the pairwise, and it really hurts them down the stretch, and they don't focus on what's the end goal, you know, Maybe it's an NCAA championship. You know that's what you want your players focused on, and if you start celebrating all these smaller victories leading up to that, you can limit your future. You know, There's but, one good
1: thing about that, though. Uh, they don't have too many seniors on the team to really get distracted about senior night, so that's uh, <laughs> true. One thing, that, uh, hopefully, that they don't uh, take too too seriously.
3: I think the one thing he intentionally left unsaid was players thinking about pro futures. I mean, who knows what's going on with this team right now? There probably aren't a lot of flight risks. I know Dave Starman was talking about Sam Oranta and the need for him to stay another year in college to continue to develop. I don't think he's a flight risk, but you never know with these guys because uh, sometimes their end goal is very focused on the NHL.
0: We had another question. Let me see. Well, that John Candles, you know, he was kind of talking about pairwise as well. Uh, boy! I saw something earlier, but uh, how do you guys think, uh, Moscow's doing so far into his tenure compared to Don's early years? And, uh, that's from suffering soda fan. And we'll throw that at you, Drew. Um, Ooh,
1: I yeah. might have to sit this one out. I, uh, <laughs> I,
0: <laughs> well, yeah. Okay. Early okay.
1: Don, I, 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 I was barely, uh, <laughs>
0: yeah, I, I, okay. I'll go to Vegs with that one because you know, we witnessed it and, um, I would say that uh, the Wooger left the program in better shape than Lucia did.
3: Well, it's interesting because you look at the way the program is right now is they were so focused for that last season and then the year after. And they had so many seniors on the team last year and so many pro type players on the roster still that he's almost starting over again this year. And it's the way college hockey recruiting is right now is it takes a long time to get your players as a coach. I think you look around the country when there's a coaching change, it's not like these coaches can go out and fill their next recruiting class with all their own guys because a lot of these times players are committed two, three years ahead of time. And you have coaches who are recruiting to fill spots for players who aren't even on campus yet. So I think it takes a long time to make your impact as a coach. Now that said – I think Bob in this second half of the year, just like last year, has got the team playing the way he wants them to play. It's just they were so young that it took a while for them to take their lumps and get some good teaching points on video. Because I I know with modern players today, until you show them doing it, making mistakes, and you till you show them doing it and getting it right, they don't believe you all the time. Mm-hmm. And so I think that message is finally sinking in and I think they've been playing pretty well. You know, even against Penn State, they played pretty decent hockey and they played the way they want to be playing. So there is progress there. It's not like some of the past weekends in Penn State where they just got throttled in their own end and couldn't break out. They broke the puck out. They just didn't do anything once they got out of the zone. So I think Bob's got this program in a right spot, and I think he's also making an impact with the way he's recruiting He's getting some older players into that pipeline who are going to be coming to campus at age 20, which has always been a struggle at Minnesota. So I think we're starting to see what he wants to do
2: here. Okay. Not not only that. Oh, go uh, ahead. Not only that, but you're getting uh, some high-end players who are taking that extra year in juniors. Um, You have a few players who maybe in, uh, in past seasons would already be on campus. And I know we've had, especially during the end of Lucia's run, where... Um, you always look at sometimes where a senior is kind of breaking out and you're wishing that, man, maybe I wish that they had had that extra year juniors so that you get one more season out of them. Um, maybe it just includes is the, uh, is the exception, uh, more compared to the rule, um, where he got that senior year out of him, um, compared to like a Travis Boyd or Vinny Letary or some guys come to mind. I've watched a lot of, um, Eastern teams. I watched a lot of teams live this season, kind of being more on the national beat, and it was really it was really interesting to be able to compare Minnesota to some of the other young, talented teams that I've been able to watch live: um, Quinnipiac, Harvard, Providence. These teams all share a lot of similarities with Minnesota. Um, you have some talent. You have young underclassmen or juniors kind of taking on new roles. Harvard lost their top is a very talented underclassman but lost their top two uh, senior D um, late um, and just kind of comparing Minnesota to them um I think it's just as a team Vigo kind of hit the nail on the head that Bob has been able to get this team to play the way that he wants them to in the second half and you maybe have in that first, um, especially compared to just some of these other teams. I think Minnesota is in that right, going in that right direction. Um, getting to that first half of the season, is almost a team that they kind of needed to learn to experience, to have the confidence to win, and just know what that is and what it felt like. Um, you saw it happen slowly but surely in November and December that uh, OT lost to Ohio State and just they're able to turn that corner with the, the win against Bemidji state. And while it's still work in progress, I think that you have to, uh, if you're looking at the gophers right now, the glass is certainly, uh, is certainly more than half full, uh, it and have a positive outlook.
0: So drew, we can't obviously throw the, the Don Lucia thing at you. Cause <laughs> I always forget how young you are, but you're so mature. So you're good. Um, <laughs>
3: and even drew probably remembers down like third year right drew
1: <laughs> Wait, what, what year was his third year
3: do, do you remember what happened in 2002
1: okay that i wasn't sure if it was like 98 or 99 was his first year but yeah i i am familiar with uh with yeah. that uh i believe they won i think like the top prize or whatever and it was like right in their backyard something like yeah that. yeah <laughs> something yeah. like that yeah.
3: that's yeah. good how old were you
1: you were about seven uh, no, I was uh, 2002. I was uh, for the oh, tournament. I would have been just turned four.
0: Oh, oh Jesus! Wow. Yep. I
1: guess
3: I was off by a few years. Oh okay.
1: boy!
0: Okay. I just got more gray hair after thinking about that. <laughs> Not possible. No, I was <laughs> tired when
1: John had the full mullet, so uh, oh. the hair was the hair apparent, you know, it, it was. Uh, oh boy! I was I was a pretty fresh human.
0: Well, well, maybe you know. I, they could sneak into the tournament this year, but uh, really, Viggs, uh I think next year is kind of the big year. You know, he's got his guys back. He won't lose so many guys that we think it's year 100. Let's bring it home.
3: Yeah, because as Moscow was talking about today, guys like Walker and McLaughlin are just scratching the surface of the players that they mm-hmm. can become and you look at Walker's scoring since the holiday break, and he's second in the Big Ten in scoring. And it's not like he's being matched up against worse players because of his first half. You know, he's seen top lines and top defensemen. And even when they were at Penn State and getting a checking line that was basically shut him down, he still managed to get on the scoreboard. You know, if those guys can stick around another year with Cal Dietz and and grow their bodies and not get bigger, but get stronger and faster. You know those guys are going to be great college hockey players. And that's always been the problem at Minnesota since those national titles is that guys always seemed in a rush to leave and get to that next level. And there have been some great players that have worn the, the M, but they just haven't stuck around long enough. I think if this roster gets another year under their belt and a couple more players to fill in, there's a lot of talent on this roster. You watch Ryan Johnson and Jackson Lacombe on the back end you think of those guys as a little bit sturdier, it's going to be something to watch. You know, it, It's going to be like old-time gopher hockey, like a lot of fans
2: mm-hmm.
3: are talking about back when they had Paul Martin and Jordan Leopold. These are those kinds of players. They can make that kind of an impact in the game.
0: They just need to continue to develop and grow. And, and it's a special season next week, or next year, weeks. It's season 100. That's a, a big deal. A lot of deal. excitement. That's a big and deal. I think,
3: and I think the university understands the importance of next season and what the potential is. I don't know when we were going to get into this, but we'll get I into was it getting, now.
0: Yeah, I was going to go right to it after this. <laughs> uh, I've heard
3: that the season ticket drive is going to start for next season tomorrow. And what you're going to see is Minnesota makes some dramatic you know, changes for them to their scholarship seating fees. And I think you're going to see them reduced in about 75% of the building. So that means that the people on the ends who don't currently pay scholarship seating, you know, they're not going to be affected, but the rest of the building they're going to pay less than that donation. And so in real dollars, people are going to have these cuts to their season ticket prices. And I think it's a real intentional move by the university to respond to the fans who say ticket prices are too high. They're going to cut them down and see if the people respond you know, people talk about, you know, the things they don't like. They don't like Don. Well, <laughs> Don's no longer here. Uh, they want alcohol in the building. You can buy a beer now there. Uh, they want a good hockey team. I think they're going to have a good hockey team next year. Cool. And now tickets are going to be cheaper. And so you're going to have opportunities to get that fan base to grow back. I think it's a, a smart move by Mark Coyle. He understands what's going on right now at the University of Minnesota and I'll be interested to see the response by the public because huh. uh, it's hard to move 5,000 seats tonight, but it won't be as hard to move 3,000.
0: And, and Drew, you know, one thing that happened this year is they they lowered the the ticket price, but then they kind of bumped up the donation for certain seats. So it really it came out being the same. Um, so I'm thinking this year or next season, that will be a welcome change.
1: Yeah. And from the the one thing that I've noticed at least this year is that I kind of, uh, got onto the beat. At least I've been going to games for a long time, but I kind of got onto the beat right at the, the kind of the low, probably the lowest point in terms of attendance when, I mean, it was the, that North Dakota game, even just this year, that, that was more green than maroon. And I never thought I, like, from all my, all my time, at least coming to the games, I never thought that was possible, but, um, Going and uh, and kind of seeing the 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 bottom of the bottom and it going up, I think now that the, the fans do have with some of those things that they were asking for. But generally, it, even just if this season is a trend, they want to see good hockey. And as the team has gotten better, there have been a ton, a, a lot more people showing up. The Michigan State series it was, I mean, the the team obviously knew it was important, and they and they definitely made some specials, and they've been doing that all year as well. But but uh, kind of. Promoting it out there that, hey, this team is, is, is poised to, to potentially do some damage and at the time controlling their own destiny in terms of what they were going to do in the postseason. But now it, more, te- more more fans showed up. And that, I think that's just the key to it all. And no matter how much they can do in terms of uh, uh, things around the product, the product is what's going to get butts and seats. And I think that's um, it, it's definitely trending in the right direction. As I think we've seen even in the second half, it's a lot better than it was the first half. And the building's a lot more alive, and it's just—it's—I uh, um, I don't think there's really any substitute to good hockey for people to show up.
0: And, and Nate, you moved away at the right time because you missed the Michigan series uh, last season, and you missed uh, uh, the North Dakota home games that were at Mariucci.
2: Uh, so so you're saying it's my fault that? Uh, <laughs>
0: <months from> no, <laughs> I'm, I'm. You're. We're just saying you you missed it. You missed all the
2: excitement. <laughs> i mean i mean i saw i saw it working down. it wasn't like it just one day everyone uh decided not to show up i mean it's yeah, true. it's kind of been uh it's I mean, vigo vigo's been covering it uh it's been about a four or five year trend um it, it, i i keep seeing just the goalposts move uh people say that hey this happens we'll go this happens we'll go and that happens and the situation just continues to stay um i'd like to think that uh the product that it's just a just win. Um, Minnesota has a good showing in the uh, in, a, in an NCAA tournament, and people show up the next year. Um, we're seeing with this year's team that maybe they're they they're turning things around the second half. Maybe that their ceiling is kind of that they're able to beat a lot of teams. They can't maybe compete against that top ten. Um, the uh, Minnesota Lewis, the Penn States of the world, <laughs> but. You got to think that at least right now that things are still trending up and hopefully that will that will trend up with with attendance and they're making some right moves on and off the ice. Um, honestly, though, at this point, I'm still kind of waiting to see um, if it pays off. I hope it does, though. That building Mariucci is just when it's full, when it's going crazy. We've all been there. Mm-hmm. It's there, There's there's nothing better in college hockey.
0: Uh, so, Viggs, it sounds like the, the donation prices are coming down in quite a few spots in the arena. Do you think they're going to touch the ticket prices? I mean, 100th year, maybe they drop it down, down 10 bucks a seat or something. Do, do you have any insight on that? Well, I think once you drop the season ticket prices, it gives you the
3: flexibility to charge lower prices for games. Mm-hmm. So you're not impacting the season ticket holder. And I think these will be the lowest prices ticket holders have seen since about 2000. And so they have the opportunity. Even this year, there are a lot of games where you could have got in for 10 or 15 bucks. I know even this Michigan game, group sales, you could get tickets for 15 bucks a seat. And a lot of those tickets are sold for Saturday at least. Uh, there's still some available for Friday. But the U is trying. I think when they lower the, the overall season ticket price for a lot of sections, it gives them the
0: flexibility to move prices around. Well, let's get into that Michigan series for this week and I'll throw it out to you first, Drew. Uh, Minnesota does control its own destiny in some ways they can get, uh, if they win all their games, they're going to be at least second place. Um, They need a little help, uh, you know, with, uh, you know, Ohio state uh, getting some or losing some points to to Wisconsin. But uh, overall, Minnesota is in good shape for, you know, home ice and, you know, and control some of their destiny here.
1: Yeah, and and Michigan's had a very up and down season. At least in following with some of, kind of following from from a distance, what they've been doing is that they've had some struggles early on, and then they've they've kind of managed to get themselves back into contention here. But uh, I think this could be a very realistic uh, first round series as well for the Gophers. So it could be another almost like Penn State, but in reverse, where Michigan's here, and then oh, they're here again the next week. Um, but I I think this is a really, really important series for, um, not only judging, uh, what they could do after the big 10 tournament, but, uh, it could be a good benchmarker if they have to face this team again, uh, in, in two weeks.
2: Uh, Nate, what are your thoughts on the series coming up? It's, it's a series between two very similar teams. Um, Michigan's only lost three times, uh, since the new year, uh, the year coming off, uh, going to have to, They're coming off with something to prove. They got swept by Notre Dame. Uh, They're only able to score one goal on Kale Morris. Um, They've had a lot of success. uh, They're they're able to do uh, the exact opposite uh, when they played Michigan State a couple weekends ago. Um, They've had a lot of tinkering around with their lines. They've had some injuries. um, And it kind of seems like Mel Pearson's made a few moves where he's able to find just the combinations that click the... Um the defense and the freshmen are, are definitely uh, showing why they're so high talented. And it's, it's certainly, it's going to be at the end of the day, it's two completely different teams. They played what the first or second weekend of a uh, big 10 conference play. Yep.
3: Second weekend.
2: Yeah. It's so th- these teams are just too completely different uh, than where they were at the beginning of November. Um, and, yeah, it's gonna be kind of interesting see Minnesota facing the team that in many ways is uh itself
0: well, well, you know we saw Michigan been coming on strong recently, uh, obviously a road bump uh last weekend against Notre Dame um, uh, but I gotta say, I always love the style of hockey when Michigan comes to town.
3: Yeah, it should be a loose game. It should allow both teams to show their skill. I think one thing about Michigan is they've got some veteran talent up front with uh, Slaker and Lockwood. You know, those are two senior forwards. They've got Passjob as well, who's a senior, and so I think that's important for a team like Michigan to have. I think they've had some growing pains with their youth. Uh, you know, they'd like uh, Beecher to look a little bit better. I think Cam Yorks are work in progress as well. Uh, But they've got talent in there. They're going to try to score goals, which is a lot of fun for fans to see. I know when the Gophers used to play them in the Thanksgiving uh, Classic, I always looked forward to that, and I'm looking forward to this weekend as well. I'm a little curious to see how Michigan's goaltending is because I think when they've been successful, uh, Straussman's been on top of his game. Minnesota seems to have his number the last couple of years. They've done very well. I think in their last eight matchups, they have like five wins and a couple of ties. And so it's a good matchup for Minnesota fans and it's an important weekend. Uh, we'll see what happens. Uh, you know, I think Minnesota is going to change their lines a little bit from even what we saw last Saturday. You know, they do want to create some depth to their team. I think we'll see uh, those lines be altered from what they were a couple of weeks ago to try to alleviate some of that and take away some of those matchup concerns that Moscow has seeing against Penn state.
0: Okay. Here's a question for any of you here. Uh, you know, Michigan and Ohio state or Minnesota and Ohio state, they win. Well, let's say uh Friday night, both win. Um,
2: where does the trophy go? Grandpa Tony's minivan. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I,
0: I, I mean, where, uh, where do you, uh, uh, where's the trophy going to go? Because uh, both teams, I mean, you know, you know, we could have an instance, you know, Saturday night where uh, the game is over and we have to wait two hours until we find out what's going on with the league championship.
2: I'd, I'd assume that Ohio State would just keep it because they, they, they won it last year. So, and even even if they both sweep and they both end up the same number of points, as long as it's... Five or uh, five or six that they'd be they'd be co champs.
0: But isn't isn't it a, a new trophy each year, Vix?
3: I think it's probably a new trophy each year. But I gotta think the Big Ten's got enough money where they could make you know two of them and send one <laughs> to each rink. Of course, this year you know the,
0: anybody could finish one through five, so maybe they need like four trophies. Maybe <laughs> maybe they get a deal of buying in bulk. I I don't know. It's just a strange situation, you know, in in times past, we kind of knew at the end of the game and, you know, we have had other times in the, in the long past where, you know, you know, the crowd has hung around for about a half hour and to see, you know, they'll put another game up on the screen or something like that and uh, see what happens. But, you know, with the, with the early time Saturday, uh, we're going to be done much long before the Ohio state game drew.
1: Yeah. And maybe, you know, maybe Deutsch just, each each SID gets one and Deutsch has got it in the back of his car <laughs> kind of wraps and and he said uh, and he's saying to himself two hours after the game saying oh boy Ohio State's losing all right gotta go get the trophy <laughs> who knows but uh yeah it's a uh, it'll it'll be kind of interesting and in that the going back to ticket stuff you know that's I know that's one of the one of the reasons they moved up uh some of the games is to get a lot of get, get more families in again and get to uh, uh, get some younger kids in the crowd, and uh, that's one thing that some people wanted, and now that's why they're having some earlier games on the weekends. But, um, yeah, that 5 o'clock is certainly not not too bad for everybody either. Now we're they're getting with the, done with the game, eight 8.30, and on we go.
0: Unfortunately, Viggs, we end up staying out just as
3: late. <laughs> Usually, I'm going to be out with my uh, mini-mites and mites on Saturday night as a fan and as a coach. So uh, I probably will not be out as late as you guys are that evening, but my kids are looking forward to it and they're hoping to see a big 10 title on the line.
0: Well, you can always take the kids home cause we'll probably be out late and come out whenever <laughs> you want. That is probably true. <laughs> cause you know, well, that, I, it, I remember one year it was probably like
3: 2006 or 2007 where uh, Minnesota, I think it was probably 06 where Minnesota was on the line on the last day of the regular season to win the title and uh, Which I remember those title
1: peaks
3: that that was in the WCHA. Oh, really?
1: It and was we were probably,
3: we were probably about 10 around then. <laughs> but I remember that the players kind of stuck around and they were playing football on the ice and stuff. And they had the the game on the radio and everybody stuck around or not everybody, but a significant number of fans stuck around for the game to be official. And then uh little be known, the Gophers had the trophy and
0: they skated around the ice. And, and, and the thing fun. is, you know, if they, if the Gophers sweep this weekend, they get at least a share of the title, so they'd be at least regular season champs. It just all depends on where the seeding goes for the tournament. That's true, and it might
3: be even good for this team not to have a buy. You know, being a young group of players, it might be a good situation situation for them to play against another team at home
0: that next week. Uh, well, I certainly know that Frank and Wally uh, they don't want to buy because then they don't get paid. They they don't get games to call. <laughs> so they 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 don't want to really see a buy, but I think it uh, I think for ticket sales, I think it might be good for them to get a buy leagues yeah i I think uh selling a one game sem- semifinal is a lot easier. It would be a lot easier, but
3: I do know that they gave the season ticket holders a ninety five dollar package for all the games true and when you can see five games for under twenty bucks a ticket, that's a pretty good bargain well that is did Minnesota eat some money on that? No, they worked with the Big Ten to get that price. Okay. You know, they, this is a situation where the revenue is going to go to the conference and get split up. Okay. It's not something where all the revenue goes to Minnesota. So this is something they have to negotiate with the conference and get
0: approved ahead of time. And they were able to get it done. So this one's for uh, both Drew and uh, Nate. Uh, Jessica's asking earlier uh, Will the Gopher Hockey podca- podcast be resurrected?
1: Not sure. I mean, I would
2: love to do it at some point. Uh, <laughs> I kind of feel. I I, I mean, I, this is pretty much it. Uh, <laughs> like I, I, I really miss. I do miss. I really miss talking go for hockey on a weekly basis with Drew and uh, Tom and just on all you guys. We have you on. Uh, we 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 weren't able to make it kind of happen this year. Just uh, schedule wise, it just it, it wasn't able to happen um drew's out of college and just we all we all had different schedules but i mean i'd love to i love to still do more uh podcasts and we're talking about college hockey oh
1: yeah i definitely agree 100 percent agree with what nate said and,
0: and you guys also had the use of a studio as well didn't you
1: it was a pretty cramped studio at time. We, oh. we switched studios a lot in our time. we <laughs> switched a lot of studios yeah but they all worked
0: You gotta get on the Skype thing. It works pretty
1: well. It sure does.
0: It works pretty well. Just a little software, a little recording. Except tonight, it did stop recording in the middle again. So I've got that issue. (sighs) Damn computer!
3: Really? Luckily,
0: you're a pro, Jube. I could, Mm. I could fix it. You know, I just take the live broadcast out of Mixler, and we do okay. So, okay, uh, Drew. Final thoughts on this weekend. Uh, You were hinting earlier. You think Minnesota's gonna end in third place? But uh, just give it to us.
1: Yeah with the uh, what Nate was saying too is that I think Michigan is definitely a different team than they than they were when the Gophers faced them before. I think it'll be real physical That's at least what I think it's it's been in the past. Um but it if the Gophers end up sweeping or sorry, they, the Gophers end up splitting uh and then Michigan State and Notre Dame uh, split as well and then Ohio State uh does its uh does its damage against Wisconsin. Uh it looks like they'll finish in third uh, right behind Penn State and Ohio State but uh, um I think uh, it'll be a real, a real tough challenge for the Gophers uh, overall, just because it's it, it, it coming into the last weekend of the season, with some of the nerves on the line. Um, they they didn't obviously have the weekend that they wanted to last weekend, and uh, um, it'll be up to those uh, those top line guys to uh, really get really get it all done.
2: Okay, Nate, let's hear your thoughts. I think Minnesota has been at their best when they have something to prove. And the Gophers do have something to prove this weekend. Uh, They really are showing themselves um, to be improving week to week. And whether or not that's going to pay off uh, down the line with either Big Ten, a conference tournament, or an NCAA berth remains to be seen. But this is should be a really good challenge in a team that uh, has a lot of similarities to themselves I don't think they sweep I think they're gonna be two really uh, close contested games I could see it being uh, a winning a tie or something to that extent I actually wouldn't even be shocked to see uh, Minnesota and Michigan be back at uh, mari Uchi next weekend Ooh. but it should be it should be a good uh, a good a good battle and it should be a good uh, a pretty, uh, I guess just a good uh, a good final week in the Big Ten play, which I don't know if we would have said that uh, when we watched these two teams play back in November.
0: Okay, Viggs. Are you going to be Mr. Positivity or not?
3: <laughs> you know, this is a tough weekend to predict. I really like the job Mosco's done this season with this team, and they've done a tremendous job. Responding after they've had adversity. I think we're gonna see a sweep this weekend. Ooh.
0: I like that. I'm going with you, Veggs. I'm going sweep because I need to need positivity. Of course, you know what's gonna happen, guys. It's gonna be a five point weekend for Minnesota. It's gonna be a five point weekend for Ohio State, and it's gonna be a three way tie for the regular season championship. And then let them decide. I know Minnesota would probably still be the third seed with all that, but uh, let them uh, figure out all the tiebreakers after that because that would be would uh, be a little crazy. I don't remember a three way tie ever in the leagues, at least in recent memory. Do you, vegs? Can't think I've seen one. I mean, we've seen. share I'm them really interested quite to about.
3: see if they get a situation on Saturday where the Gophers need to get a win to get home ice or something like that, and see what Bob does. Because I know today they're practicing all kinds of crazy situations, Mm -hmm. you know, lots of three-on-three, four-on-three, extra attacker stuff, just so they had a chance to kind of go over all the different scenarios that could happen. Interesting.
0: Interesting. (laughs) Well, Nate and uh, Drew, uh, I appreciate you guys uh, joining the conversation again. Yeah, thanks for having us on. Drew, what have you been up to ever since you graduated? Let us, um, let us know where we can follow you.
1: Yeah, you can follow me at Cove Drew on Twitter. Uh, hopefully, soon to be at Drew Cove on Twitter because there's just some inactive guy that I uh, <laughs> still uh, hold it over, and I check every once in a while just to see if he's still active. But, uh, yeah, you can follow me there. Uh, yeah, I've just been working trying to find my way post graduation. It's pretty weird, but uh, not being in school for the first time since you know 2002. <laughs> and, uh, um, but, uh, yeah, it's oh, a, it's kind of a, it's fun to still be connected with Gopher hockey and, uh, to do a lot of that stuff and, uh, uh, be here around the team and, uh, covering it still. And that was probably my favorite thing I did in college. So glad to, glad to still do it. But one thing I do want to shout out though, uh, GPL Ian, he also, he, he found me, he ran into me and, uh, he's listening to this. I wanted to give him a shout out because he ran into me and wanted to talk some gopher hockey and Really cool to, to meet a GPLer
0: who knew me from GPL. So and and uh, Ian is the best dresser at Mariucci. <laughs> he is. there. He was wearing a tuxedo a couple weekends ago. He was celebrating. Really? Oh, yeah. It was great. Um, all right. A lot of times he's kind of got the cowboy hat going, but he had the tuxedo and he was all serious. It was great. All uh, right. Um, Nate, uh, obviously, I still see you I'm
2: blogging a lot, but. Uh, you're doing a lot of national coverage for NCAA, aren't you? I am. I'm doing. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I've been doing a lot of stuff for uh, NCAA.com, uh, whether it's bracketology or just kind of breaking down the national picture. Um, so I've been doing a lot of traveling, just kind of when I can. I went up to Connecticut um, last month for the uh, their version of kind of the North Star College Cup, getting that off the ground. It was really interesting to watch that because, like, I'm pretty sure I'm the only person there who had done both (laughs)
0: um
2: and i've I've been i've been around kind of knocking some new rinks and everything off my bucket list um i have a couple other things i I went up to rpi uh three four weeks ago and kind of went behind the scenes for their uh big red freakout which is like the big hockey like the big event in the hockey calendar all their alumni come back um all the students kind of go crazy um right now kind of last like five years it's the one event that they sell out the rink mm-hmm. so i should have that coming out I, I finally it took me a bit to find a a, a place for that but uh i should have a uh, I should have that coming out i'm gonna say next week okay so be on to look out for that um so i've been doing a lot of things like that so follow along with the gophers while i can um and you still can read my uh hockey tweet that Gopher state. Um, and as far as I appreciate everyone who still follows me for, uh, that I had a lot of, it was really nice to be, uh, just have people be like, very appreciative. Uh, when I was uh, back at, uh, Penn state, uh, covering, uh, Minnesota Penn state last weekend.
0: Will you be back there if the Gophers end up there in the big 10 tournament?
2: I will. if It's not the championship game. Cause, I'm gonna go up to Boston for uh, the women's road tour. Well,
0: yeah, that's not, that's not a bad thing to do. <laughs> yeah, uh, Viggs, I know you've been working hard on quite a few things for the athletic. Is anything coming out soon? We will see. Uh oh! <laughs> <laughs> Don't you love yeah. it when it's not in your control? <laughs> it's out of my control
3: a little bit. We'll understaff in the editing side in yeah. the athletic this year, but
0: we're growing. Well, that's always growing good. pains. All right. Well, it's going to be sweep this weekend, guys. We're just going with it. We're ignoring, uh, Drew and, uh, Nate. It's
2: just going to be a sweep. Champions. I'm, I'm on a Deutsche like armory, so it's okay.
0: <laughs> well, that's going to do it for this episode of the GPL podcast. And as always, we want to thank, uh, Nate and Drew for joining us. Uh, it's always great having you guys on the podcast. Uh, uh, next week we'll be kind of moving to Thursday to a little conflict on Wednesday, so we'll we'll move it up to Thursday. You know, we'll recap the Michigan series and and preview the Big Ten playoffs because then we'll know what's going to be happening. Um, for those of you listening live, we'll have a little bit of overtime going here. Uh, it's always fun to have some fun in overtime. I'll tell you that. But for the rest of you, we'll be back next week. Thanks for listening.